in the morning, wake up and have your coffee, have your Dunkin' Donuts muffin, and then stop and see how you feel. Don't just continue to through your day. Like, see how you feel. Does it feel good? Are you feeling peppy? Are you feeling excited for the day? And then go the next day and have a, a big fat green smoothie. Sip that thing down and then see how you feel after that. Do you feel energetic? Do you feel clear? I bet there's a big difference in those two meals. And eating healthy is very, very simple. Look, check in with how you feel and look at your plate. Is it colorful? Are you eating the spectrum? Is your is your plant-based plate filled with plant-based cupcakes? Like that's not a balanced diet. That's a sugar diet. You can be an unhealthy, quote unquote, plant-based person or vegan, or you can be a really healthy one. So think of yourself. This is why we use plant-based more so than vegan because plant-based is a constant reminder that the foundation of my diet is plants. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Yogi Triathlete Podcast, episode 16. I am your host, Jess. And every week it is our intention to bring you the stories of people who are looking, finding, and living their purpose to help inspire you to live out your dreams to seek out your purpose, and to learn how you can conjure the courage every day, sometimes every moment, to see it all through to fruition. Our guests are athletes, health and wellness coaches, risk takers, plant-based nutrition geeks, fitness personalities, mindfulness junkies, yogis, parents, and entrepreneurs. The spectrum is wide because frankly, living against the grain of society, which is what I've found it takes to live out your inner gifts out loud. It doesn't discriminate. People living their purpose are just like you and me. We are more similar than different. And if that's the case and people are doing it, then so can you. We hope you're finding this podcast to be helpful, motivating, entertaining, and in the case of today's installment, educational. But before we dive into episode 16, I am here to officially remind you that you not only have the right to live your purpose in this life, but you have the right to get yourself entered to win a free pair of UFOS recovery shoes in our August giveaway, biomechanically engineered to alleviate the foot stress and soreness caused by your daily grind and training regime. These shoes are changing the way feet live, feel, and breathe. All you have to do is get to iTunes and share your YTP experience with the world. Leave us a review and get yourself in the running to win a pair of UFOs and get yourself walking on cloud nine. All right, now on to the show. In today's installment, I bring you our August edition of Ask the YTs, where each month we take your questions and answer them for you to the best of our ability. We share our perspectives openly and honestly, and today we dive into what many people think we can't do, what many people are skeptical of, and that is thrive on a plant-based diet. Now understand, we're not doctors, we're not dietitians, we're not nutritionists, but what we are are two people who are in fact thriving in all aspects of our life on a plant-based diet. And when I say I, I mean we, myself and my love, today's co-host, my soul partner, my training partner, and fellow risk taker, BJ. Welcome back, babe. I'm so happy to be back. <laughs> we haven't heard from you since we recorded the detachment episode after you missed Iron Man Lake Placid 
due to a violent stomach bug. So why don't you just, before we jump into our first question, just tell everyone how you're doing and how your training's going. I am alive and well. Let's just say that. <laughs> so yeah, so Placid, that was quite the experience. And if you haven't seen the detachment video that I posted or listened to our podcast, I, I highly encourage you to do that. It was a, quite a practice in detachment, patience, and really letting go of some things and, and, and keeping a clear focus. So I've, I learned a lot from that experience. And today, as I sit here, I'm 100% healed up from that and have a re um, have refocused myself on Ironman Louisville, which is October 9th, exactly seven weeks from this past Sunday and the day after Ironman uh, World Championships in Kona. So, you know, I thought that I would take a week or two after after we left Placid to kind of regroup, but it actually knocked me down harder than I thought. And it took me a while to ramp back up and I'm still trying to ramp back up. So again, detaching from Ironman Louisville, you know, I'm, I've signed up and I'm focused on it and I'm going to train hard, but detach from what the outcome will be. And I just want to get out there and race. And when you can minimize your goal like that and just one thing at a time, I just want to race. I don't really care about anything else. So I'm working towards getting fitter, getting back into training, getting on a routine or sort of routine as best it can be on the road and focus on Ironman Louisville. So we had to change course slightly for the Ride the High Vibe Tour and and we'll be hitting Louisville for the October 9th Ironman. Yeah, man, I'm fired up about that. And uh, I'm gonna see if I can make some connections there and teach some free yoga to the athletes and um, maybe set up some interviews and just see how we can serve while we're there. So we're fired up from that and I just wanna say, um, I think a whole other podcast, if anybody's interested in this, is how um, we are both, but especially BJ's getting in this training on the road. It's It really it takes discipline to a whole new level, and I'm pretty impressed with what you've been able to do. And I know you're really kind of pushing through the workouts because your body's still getting back. I know you said you're 100% recovered, but I'm not 100% sure about that. I think you're still rebuilding your fitness, and um, but you're doing great. And it's just, I'm so psyched to see you off the bathroom floor and back on the show with me. So let's dive right in, right? So we had an interview yesterday with someone, and I'm not going to reveal who that was. She's pretty awesome, and she'll be coming up in an, in an upcoming episode. But one of the things that she touched upon, which I really loved, was this idea that if we're living like this plant-based lifestyle that um, we need to always be healthy, that we need to always be, you know, without fail. And the thing is, is that, you know, the human body is still fragile and things happen. So yeah, you got sick. I don't think it's a reflection of eating a plant-based diet. I don't think that we can pretend to have any kind of perfection. But what I do feel that we're doing, I really feel like we're thriving on this. I see it in our recovery and I feel that um, you bounced, you know, from that sickness it was pretty violent and i think that the food that you had in your in your stomach and your composition helped you through that a lot so our experience is that this is the best diet for us we've got a lot of people who are curious about it but there's no guarantees it doesn't mean that if you switch to a plant-based diet that all of a sudden you're going to qualify for kona or qualify for the olympic you know at the olympic trials but i think what it does ensure um, at least for us and for 
pretty much everybody we know who's on this is that your recovery is quick. That for me, I can't remember the last time I got sick. And that I just feel energetic all the time. And more clear focus. I feel like yeah, after sure. the sickness, I let things ride a little bit and then I came into focus. Okay, what do I need to do and what is possible? You know, we threw around a few potential races and objectives, but when all was sorted out, I felt like we had a clear path to, to what what we can pursue. And I feel like the plant-based diet keeps, for me, it keeps me light and keeps me on my toes and keeps me awake and ready. Yeah, and for me, um, I dealt with a lot of like frustration and just downright anger issues. I really did like back in the day before my transformation and even during my transformation as this stuff was being released out of me. But what I can say is when I stopped eating the animals, I did notice a significant change in that, I mean, I'll just use the word violence, like in that violence that was within me that, you know, it was not uncommon for me to punch a wall. I mean, that's the way that I released energy. Um, and she did. Yeah, and I did. Or pull the car over on the side of the road and hang on to the wheel and scream as loud as I could just to try and release what was in me. And once I got those animal products out of my body, everything started to calm a little bit. And I believe it was because I wasn't eating the confinement I wasn't eating the fear. I wasn't eating the violence. So for me, that was something that really helped me thrive, switching over to the plant-based diet. And without eating those energies, I am more clear. I am more clear. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm eating a cleaner, I believe, a cleaner source of, of food. So let's dive in talking about clean because clean eating and all of that stuff it's such a buzzword mm -hmm. so you can say i'm eating clean and you're eating bacon i'm eating clean and i'm eating plants so it's really it's relative and in, in whatever it how it's defined for you but let's dive into the big question everybody wants to know beach where do you get your protein on a plant-based diet so protein on a plant-based diet how often do we get this question quite often and you read about it all over the place and it's in the marketing you need to drink milk because it has protein you need to have meat because it has protein what we found on a plant-based diet is you get protein in everything you eat spinach beans hemp seeds chia uh, tempeh uh, tofu carrots broccoli everything has protein in it and this all adds up throughout the day and who says that you need to have 50 grams of protein or 100 grams of protein or 200 grams of protein if you're a bodybuilder? What we find is everything has protein in it and it's a nice balance that you get from eating just plants. So if you want to increase your protein on a plant-based diet, yeah, have beans and, and more tempeh or tofu or, or things like that. But the thing that I always like to say, because it seems as the more and more we talk about protein with people and in passing, even just today, I had a conversation in the gym in the basement uh, about protein from this MetLife rep from London. You know, I, on this tour, we've been talking to a lot of people. And what I like to say is quite simply, where do elephants get their protein? Where do rhinoceroses get their protein? Where do gorillas get their protein? Cows. These are all strong 
animals and they're all eating plants. I feel like we've been so consumed with the protein that I think we need to disconnect from it a little bit and just eat a wide array of plants. So on a plant-based diet, we get it everywhere to answer the question. We get it in everything we eat. If we want to bump it up a bit, yes, we can have more beans. We can have tempeh. We can have a plant-based protein powder. You know, all these things are available. So to get protein, yeah, it's, it's in every plant. And protein, like all nutrients, it's essential and it's important. It helps with our muscles, especially when we're athletes and we're breaking them down over and over again. It helps to rebuild them, helps to build muscle. But I believe that the statistics are that most Americans are getting about 70% more protein than they actually need. And what happens when we get more protein? Two things. Either it's metabolized by our liver and kidneys and we, you know, pee it out or whatever that we get it out of us. Um, or it's stored as fat. So those are the two things. So if you are somebody who's, you know, going to the gym and doing an hour class a day and exercising five to seven days a week, like you don't need 100 grams of protein. That will eventually be stored as fat or it's just your body's going to get rid of it on its own. So it's almost like a waste. And so how much protein do we actually need? So the recommended daily allowance, and this is based on studies on nitrogen waste, basically, which is a byproduct of protein in the body. So they came up with the optimal level, which is 0.6 grams per kilogram of body weight. So what they did was they rounded it up so that they you know, could take into effect everyone. They rounded it up to 0.8. So essentially, it's 0.8 grams per kilogram of body weight. And this is the equation that will give 95% of the population what they need. It should not be considered a minimum it should be considered the optimal amount. And if anybody is scared about having a protein deficiency on a plant-based diet, number one, I get you. I totally get you. Because I had many moments of fear in 2011 into 2012 when I went completely plant-based leading up to Ironman Lake Placid. I get you. Like, it's it's very common to have this fear because you're undoing a conditioning of our society that says you need all this protein. But what I can tell you is that protein deficiency is essentially a starvation effect. Like if, if you are suffering from starvation, you're probably protein deficient. If you are not getting enough calories, you are protein deficient. But if you're getting enough calories and you're eating the spectrum of plant-based whole foods, then you're going to get what you need. And if you need a little extra to make yourself feel more comfortable, that's fine. Use a, use a plant-based protein powder in your smoothies. That's going to give you a slam of like 20 grams right off the bat. And for a lot of you guys listening, that's going to be almost half of what you need in a day. So that's a great way to start your day. And there's nothing better to gauge then how you feel, how you feel, how are you recovering? How are you feeling? You know, and then the second thing is back it up with science. So get blood work and see how you're doing. And I find that the blood work, the, just the, the normal blood work that gets done in doctor's offices, it might not give you what you need. So check out Inside Tracker. Um, they're going to get into the nitty gritty and really show your blood makeup and what you're deficient in and, and, um, you know, what you could have more of and what you could have less of. So 
You could check that out as well to make you just sleep better at night. And we certainly did that a year after going completely vegan. We did really extensive blood work and found that we were really within the levels of everything that we needed. And when I talk about a vegan diet, um, the the way to really thrive, I believe, is I'm talking about a whole foods, plant-based diet. So as unprocessed as possible. And the way to look at your diet and understand if it's unprocessed or processed is to look at the food on your plate, look at the ingredients on the counter before they become your dinner, and ask yourself, is this how it came out of the ground? Is this how nature intended it to be? Like even a piece of bread, like is this how it grew out of the ground? No, there's a process that comes to that. So we eat sprouted Ezekiel bread, which is a great bang of protein in there. It does have gluten, but it's a little bit more tolerable because it's the sprouted grains. It is a processed food. Anything that taints the original form of the food is processed. But what I'm talking about is there's a lot of vegan junk food available these days. So save that as a treat. You know, save that as a treat. We do eat tempeh. It's fermented soy, which is easily digestible. The fermentation is actually good for your microbiology. That's got a great bang of protein. So there's a lot of places. I say don't fret about it. And the other thing is go look at answers from other athletes that are plant-based, like check out Rich Roll's answer, check out Brendan Brazier's answer, check out Scott Jurek's answer. The answers always are kind of the same. Like you're going to get plenty on a plant-based diet. I don't count how much protein I get. So I just eat a wide spectrum every day. So I'll have, just to give them an example, I have oatmeal in the morning with fruit and berries, or I'll have a smoothie bowl uh, with frozen uh, vegetables and fruit. Then I'll have a lunch that's a tempeh sandwich or a big salad, and then we'll snack all day on bananas and you know fruit. And then we have a dinner, which is usually our cooked meal. You know, we'll sit down and we'll cook up and heat up tempeh with peppers and or we'll have beans and rice with avocados. So just to give you a quick example, that's pretty much what we eat all day. And I'm not counting how much protein I get yet. I'm actually working out anywhere from two to four to eight hours of training and I recover fine and I'm building muscle and I'm getting stronger in my workouts. And for me, that works. So where do we get the protein? The wide spectrum of a whole foods. Where don't diet. we get the protein, right. babe? Right. Yeah, we get it everywhere. It's nothing to fret about, you guys. Okay, let's move into the second question. How do I train for long endurance events on a plant-based diet? Training for endurance events on a plant-based diet is relatively new in the world now, but people have been doing it for a while. You know, Dave Scott was a plant-based athlete when he competed at Ironman in the early 80s. Um, and it's just coming to more awareness now as athletes in the mainstream sports, such as football and um, UFC fighting and hockey and baseball, uh, it's just going to become more and more prevalent. So as an endurance athlete, fueling on a plant-based diet is pretty simple. You know, you you look at how long your workout is going to be and roughly, you know, you want to you want to consume anywhere from 100 to 300 calories an hour depending on intensity, duration, and where you are in your training plan. But you know, I like to use uh, some basic 
fuels during working out. And what I use specifically is um, noon for hydration, which is vegan um, and has has the necessary sodium intake and calories that I need. I also use Amrita bars, which each bar is about 200 calories, roughly. They're gluten-free, nut-free, dairy-free, soy-free, plant-based bars, and they're easily digestible. We even use them on the run. And I do want to say that when I have longer workouts, that I really base my nutrition intake on the previous night's meal. So I'll have a big meal the night before. And sometimes I do my morning workouts just fasted just a little bit, or I'll have a banana or just something to, you know, settle the stomach a little bit. But that is really what fuels me for that start of my long run or my long bike. And then during the rides or runs, I'll start using the Amrita bars or noon. noon. And actually, we're going to try out Scratch Labs, which is vegan. And we've been hearing a lot about that. So that's something we're going to test out. So there is a way to thrive during your endurance training with a plant-based diet. And we've been doing this now in our racing for two or three years, or maybe even four years, the full four years. We've done some Ironmans with strictly just... Amrita bars and the fuel that we have leading up to whatever workout we have. And I also want to say it's important to have that recovery smoothie after your workout. And that's our basic go-to smoothie, which is frozen spinach, pineapple, uh, garden of life, vanilla, brown rice, protein powder, and oat milk or almond milk, or it's just some sort of alternative milk. And that's what we have after. And it's super delicious. And I just want to add that I think there's no better way to train for a long endurance event on a plant-based diet than to have a coach that is plant-based and supports this. Of course, BJ is available and uh, works with all of his athletes on switching to a plant-based diet. It's funny, most of the people who have signed up with you are now, I think they're pretty much all plant-based. It just kind of happens naturally. It's beautiful. So He's got a lot of guidance and always reach out to us with questions um, that we can address on the show or shoot you a quick email back um, that we are always available for that. So we're here to share everything we know, you guys, everything we know that is helping us thrive in so many ways. And if this wasn't working for me, I would know. I am very in tune with my body. So I'm very aware of what I'm consuming when I'm working out and what my effort is and what my performance is. So as a coach, I I know what my athletes do, but I also know what I do and what feels good. And if this was not feeling good, I would make a change, but I feel great. All right. Next question. How do I cook vegan for the entire family? This is a great question. I think there's a lot of families out there where either one participant is an athlete and they're looking to be plant-based in their performance. But I also think there's the component of one person is cooking for the entire family and they only want to cook one meal. And we found that, you know, sometimes multiple meals are made because children want one thing, the husband or wife want another thing. Um, But how can you cook for the entire family? This is so good. And and I feel like we can really connect with introducing the plant-based diet to families. And we've worked with, um, we've worked with this very topic uh, with our nutrition services with some clients. Introducing food slowly to the family, I think, is a good introduction um, point. So start stocking the cabinets with 
fruits and vegetables and base meals. So what I mean by base meals is what can everybody agree on? Brown rice, uh, quinoa possibly, pastas, some sort of base that you can always cook up a large amount, put it in the fridge, and you can just add things to it to satisfy the needs of whatever family member needs. So um, for example, if you have quinoa, you have a whole big bowl of quinoa in the fridge, you can simply just bring it out, warm it up a bit, add veggies for those that want the veggies, add broccoli or carrots and beets or, or whatever it is that you want. But then if your kids want something else, use that base. It saves time. It's still healthy and they can still transition a little bit to having a, that base that everybody can share. The other thing I want to talk about is keep one night where you're making a plant-based meal. So as a family, agree upon maybe Monday night um, in conjunction with Meatless Monday. Maybe you guys all decide that you know, for the month of September, as school ramps up, each Monday, every Monday night, we're going to have a plant-based meal. And you can come together with a simple recipe and explain to your family what are the benefits of having everything that's in this meal. The other thing is cook vegan for breakfast and lunch, and dinner is the option of whatever they want to eat. So now you're you know, 75% of your day, you're eating plant-based, but then there's that small portion that you're still getting what you want. And slowly, we found that your taste buds change and you actually start to gravitate to what those first two meals were. So, you know, we personally crave kale, we crave big salads, we crave bananas. And that hasn't always been the case, but because we've introduced these foods to ourselves over time, this is what we crave. And then sharing cooking responsibilities. I think that's a that's a big one. You know, kids want to be involved in the cooking process. So how can you do that on a daily basis? Or maybe it's just that one night where you're all cooking that plant-based meal. Bring the kids in. Let them chop up the veggies. Let them throw it into the pot. Um, let them pick a sauce. Maybe you, the whole thing is here's the meal and you get to pick your own dipping sauce. So those are some things that that we've talked about, which have helped some of our clients um, introduce plant-based nutrition to their families. We're currently working with families as well as athletes on this very topic. There's so many great documentaries out there that you guys can have a movie night with the family. Forks Over Knives is a fantastic place to start. That movie has had great effect on many people. It's really well done. If you haven't heard about it, definitely check it out. Forks Over Knives will put a link in the show notes about this, but they have recipes and sauces are awesome. And you can make so many delicious sauces with lemon and avocado and cilantro and lime. And like, I mean, there's so many different sauces like barbecue tempeh. It's so delicious. Uh, Injun 2, the Injun 2 cookbook. That's a great one. Got a lot of easy recipes in there. Lasagnas and sloppy joes. And all this stuff that is like the kind of all-American family meal, but you're just doing it without the meat. This can be a great access point for people and the family is introducing some of these mock meats, which are done really, really well. The Beast Burger. Um, there's another burger, which we need to research, but we just heard about it. it has beets in it and it like literally will bleed for you. Like So people who really need to see like, oh, I like my meat bloody, 
you know, get this beet burger and see if that helps. The tofu sausages, like this stuff is actually really, really good. I wouldn't say eat it every single night because that's moving away from the whole foods plant-based idea, but this is their great entry point for people. They taste really good. You can make homemade pizzas at home with delicious nut cheeses. Daya has reformulated their recipe and their cheese is really good now so check into all that stuff and whatever it takes to get them through the door you know and keep peace in the family go ahead and do that I also recommend you go back and listen to our interview with Valerie Griffiths because she is a plant-based mom who is transforming her home into a plant-based sanctuary and she does it really really well and she's got three kids of all different ages and she's got resistance and she's got people on board and she's doing a great job. So check that one out. I think it's like episode four, but we'll put a link in the show notes to that as well. All right, moving on. How do I know if I'm eating a balanced diet once I start eating a plant-based diet? So a few things here. You touched upon one, which was a blood test. So definitely check out Inside Tracker. It's a great, great service. I've had athletes use it before. Definitely as you do in training, get a baseline so get your blood work now and then work on a plant-based diet check in in a few months and take the blood test again and you'll find most likely that nothing has changed or you've actually improved upon your cholesterol levels and and blood pressure and all these markers that will will show that what you're doing is working uh, another thing is we say this for everyone, and I use it in training, I use it pretty much everywhere, is check in with yourself. What do I mean by that? So in the morning, wake up and have your coffee, have your Dunkin' Donuts muffin, and then stop and see how you feel. Don't just continue to through your day. Like, see how you feel. Does it feel good? Are you feeling peppy? Are you feeling excited for the day? And then go the next day and have a a big fat green smoothie. Sip that thing down and then see how you feel after that. Do you feel energetic? Do you feel clear? I bet there's a big difference in those two meals. And most importantly, what we like to say is check in with yourself. And it's it's as simple as just after you eat, sit there, breathe, see how you feel, see how you truly feel. And then Make a decision as to how you want to pursue the rest of your day. Do you want to continue to eat like you're eating and feel like crap? Or do you want to feel vibrant and energetic? And that's probably the simplest thing we can recommend. I know you you say that all the time, like just see how you feel. And you say that to me, especially when I'm, you know, wigging out on nuts. Like I'll have a few nuts and you're like, do you really remember last time how you felt? And I'm like, oh, yeah. Like I got nut gut and it did not feel so good. I know. Right? Yeah. Like to go in, they're so good because they're salty and you go in with a big handful. Next thing you know, you've got 12 nuts in your hands, then they're in your mouth and you're not chewing because they're so good. You're like not chewing them fully and then you're putting more in. Now you got 24 nuts in you. Like that's a ridiculous amount of fat and calories and protein. And it's like, it's not potato chips. So it's it's always bringing mindfulness into it and understand the our minds are there to analyze and compare and to think and to do all of these things to keep busy. That's what the mind is there for. This is how it works. It's awesome in that way. But remind yourself over and over, whether it's a sticky note on your refrigerator or you're 
computer screen at work. Like eating healthy is very, very simple. Look, check in with how you feel and look at your plate. Is it colorful? Are you eating the spectrum? Is your, is your plant-based plate filled with plant-based cupcakes? Like that's not a balanced diet. That's a sugar diet. You can be an unhealthy, quote unquote, plant-based person or vegan, or you can be a really healthy one. So think of yourself. This is why we use plant-based more so than vegan, because plant-based is a constant reminder that the foundation of my diet is plants. And then if you add in whole foods, I eat a whole foods plant-based diet. Well, that's really going to keep you accountable. So look at your look at your plate. Is this representative of a whole foods plant-based diet and it's not about deprivation like my whole world of food opened up so wide and endless when I turned plant-based because everything kind of goes together and the colors are intoxicating and the food is amazing and it requires you to chew see how you feel if you you're eating the spectrum and your plate is colorful and you're going to the farmer's market and you're getting that local food, you guys, it's going to be a balanced diet. Nothing is going to tell you better if you are in balance than checking in with yourself, how your body feels, how your mind feels, how are you moving through the world? And then back it up with blood tests and just see what that looks like. But don't overcomplicate it. Keep it simple and understand your mind's going to want to overcomplicate it, but you don't have to listen to that. It's very, very simple. And I also want to mention, just just keep in mind, I haven't always, and maybe the story is different for you, but I haven't always been like this. Like growing up, I didn't like vegetables at all. Like my mom would make meatloaf, and it'd be frozen string beans, I think, and peas, and I would not eat that stuff. And things have transformed over the years. And you're looking at me today, where I am right now. So the point of this is things can change, and some people are on a different schedule and trying to really force a plant-based diet or a balanced meal may you may come up with some uh, resistance so some people are on a different timeline so just be just be respectful of that and let people sort of sort through things themselves which you do with me you know I got sometimes I just need to work it out and I do and I eventually come around but I haven't always been like this so the point is things can change all right, so how do I start? That's the next question. How do I even start? So our advice to starting your change towards a plant-based diet is to change one tiny thing, one small thing. Changing a small thing is better and more sustainable for the end goal, which is to move to whatever you're looking for, which in this case is to be plant-based. Adding in a green smoothie once a day don't remove anything from your diet just add in a green smoothie we have recipes on our website you can stop at a juice bar there's plenty around that you can find but change one small thing and it can be anything so i mentioned a green smoothie but it could be drink an extra glass of water or during your meal at night start with making the base uh, plants and then add in your meat or chicken, whatever you want to do as the secondary or third option. So start with something small. Most people can't do things overnight. They need a steady progression and consistent pattern to make that change. And so adding one small thing to your diet will will definitely help you uh, make that change. Also, 
continue to be curious about foods. What I like to see is pick a food, uh, oranges. So you want to add in oranges. Find out about oranges. Why are they beneficial? What what can I what can I get from having oranges now in my diet? Or what can I get from grapefruits or bananas? And be curious about these foods. Understand why you're eating them. I think making that connection again will help move you towards a plant-based diet that will be sustainable and be part of your lifestyle because that is the point. You want it part of your lifestyle. You don't want it to be separate. You want it to be ingrained in what you do every day when you wake up to when you go to bed. Everything should be focused on how you feel, how you perform, and be in tune with that with the foods that you put in your mouth. Another option is to substitute one meal per week with a plant-based source protein. So if you normally have meat every day or meat, chicken, fish, maybe one of those days you substitute it with the Beyond Meat Burger or you do a black bean burger or just something different. Most restaurants now offer black bean burgers. We see it all the time because it's, it's pretty much what we order in the traditional restaurant. But just try it because you can still add your ketchup and mustard or barbecue sauce, whatever you want on it. But now you're just introducing something that is quite tasty, but it's not meat. So these are just simple ways that you can start introducing things into your routine that are plant-based. You don't have to go all in. Just start with something small. But I just want to speak to the people who go all in. If you're an all in kind of person, then go all in. Like load up on your mock meats, whatever it is, your nut cheeses, um, all the whole food plants and grains and all of that and go all in because what's going to happen with the go all in person is you're going to feel the effect really, really quick. If you're concerned about sustainability, all those tips that BJ gave are so good. And I love just starting with the green smoothie because it's totally delicious. Start with the recipe that we have, which is pineapples, spinach, a scoop of vanilla, garden of life protein, and um, oat milk or hemp milk or coconut milk or almond milk, they're all going to be delicious in it. So start your day every day with that and see how you feel. The other thing is, you know, by introducing, whether you're going all in or you're just introducing one thing a day, you, you want to make it a, a habit, right? So Rip Esselstyn from the Engine 2 Diet, he says, make health a habit. Like make it your habit. That everything that you're doing in your life, it's like, is this health promoting or health diminishing to me? And then you realize that you have the power of choice. And then you realize that you're the one that might be making yourself feel bad or you're in charge of making yourself feel great. So checking in with your energy levels. I love the green smoothie. The other thing is if you want to move over to this plant-based way of living and you're going to do it small stock your house with healthy foods like don't if you're going to do it small if you're not an all-in person and you're going to have meat a couple times a week or your eggs a couple times a week i say don't stock up at the beginning of the week like go to the store that day if you're going to get your chicken or your meat because then you're going to have to make an additional choice if it's already in your fridge you're going to make it but check in you might not want it you might want to take a bigger step than you think and the routines so when you start this green smoothie do it every single morning for a week like do it every day just keep it really simple so you don't have to think about it okay i'm gonna get up i'm gonna have my green smoothie and it's not that expensive if you start to 
if you take it and you budget it out, it's actually not that expensive to do this green smoothie. And educate yourself. So back to the documentaries. So knowledge is power. And BJ was saying that about with the, I love that, with the oranges. Like, what does this orange have to offer me? And it puts more meaning into what you're putting on your plate and what you're putting into your body. And knowledge really is power. I absolutely agree with that. So anything else on that subject? Well, I was just thinking a lot of people get, a lot of people are not um, exercising because they feel lethargic after the day. You know, they're they're tired. It's not priority. But a lot of us want to exercise. Like they don't have time in the morning, let's say, and they work all day and they get home and the last thing they want to do is exercise. They want to lay on the couch. You know, why is that? What did you have at three o'clock? Did you have that three o'clock coffee and you you were you pulled pushed through that final two hours of work and then you crashed? Think about adding in the green smoothie in the afternoon and then go and work out. Yeah, it's okay to have two green smoothies a day. <laughs> we do. It's so, quite often we crave so it. They're so yummy. They're so, I mean, you want to chew, but the green smoothie is a great way to get the nutrition into your body quick. Yeah, and, and it, I bet you'll want to exercise and you want to do something active. And, and the whole point, again, is to check in with yourself. Like, see why you don't want to exercise after work. Why is it? You're busy. You're tired. Why are you tired? Think about the food choices that you had during the day. And then the next day, change your food choices. It's as simple as that. And we're not trying, this isn't like new discovery of how to eat. It's, it's basically see how you feel and move towards the things that make you feel great. Do more of that. Simple. Yeah, I like it. Okay. How do I plan for a week on a budget? Like somebody who's just starting this plant-based lifestyle, they are like, it's 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 a whole new habit they're creating. It's a whole new condition that they're creating in their life. So it's the unknown. So how do they even start with a budget? First off, what we found is just what you need to do is buy a few dry bulk foods, quinoa, brown rice, uh, beans. The bulk section is going to be where you're going to get the most of your stuff. And those things, when you buy in bulk, usually don't cost a lot and you get longevity from them. So start with those. Think about what your base meal is going to be. So quinoa, rice, uh, then think about the vegetables. So kale, spinach, you know, big salads. What do you need for that? And slowly add in toppings. So carrots and beets and broccoli, but only buy those things in small quantities because you can always go back to the store and get more. Focus your budget on the bulk of things, your, your really base foods. Um, we like to buy brown rice and we like to buy quinoa and oatmeal, uh, oats, everything that we have. I think we had 15 to 20 jars in our cabinets of just dry bulk that we would have on hand all the time. And when we ran out of food for the week, you know, we had a budget. I don't even know what the budget was and we bought our foods, when we thought we didn't have anything to eat, we had these staples in our cabinets. We had brown rice, we had beans, and maybe salsa in the fridge. Yeah, so if you top off your budget, and you've got brown rice and beans, or even if you just have brown rice, go out and buy some beans, you can make an amazing meal. Brown rice, beans, maybe some fresh tomatoes or fresh salsa, and some avocado some or cumin, guacamole. Salt, pepper. Cumin, salt, pepper, some fresh lime. That is such a delicious meal. And it's ridiculously cheap. You can 
feed your whole family on that. Everybody's going to get what they need and it's very, very cheap. So how planning on your budget, like what is your budget? I don't even like. Yeah, what is your budget? We need to like you need to know what your budget is. And I think what you're going to find is when you stop buying the meat, which is so expensive, especially a lot of people who are going from an animal based diet to a plant based diet, right? They're they're looking for more health in their life. Right. So if they're what I find is those people are already eating like the quote unquote humane meat, the grass fed, the cage free. And those things tend to be more expensive. When you eliminate that from your shopping trip every week, you're going to save so much money. So like BJ said, I would start in the bulk and you can just get quinoa and use that for the week and then move to the vegetable vegetables and bring your iPhone and have your calculator and use the scales, right? Do this for a couple weeks to make sure you stay on whatever your budget is. But I recently saw the statistic that on average, you're going to save $4,000 a year just by not buying animal products anymore at the supermarket. And I wanted to mention on a plant-based diet, when you start buying more plants, you're going to realize you're not buying as much as you thought you would because the plants fill you up. And so that actually leads right into our next question. How do you ever feel full on a plant-based diet? And the thing with a plant-based diet as opposed to an animal-based diet is that animal products, dairy products, eggs, they have no fiber in them whatsoever, okay? And so your stomach relies on fiber to signal the brain to let you know that you're full. So how does that work? So plant-based diet is full of fiber. It's everywhere. And the stretch receptors in your stomach rely on bulk, right? So bulk essentially is fiber plus water, which you're going to get on a plant-based diet. The bulk is going to fill your stomach up because you have so much fiber in your diet. It's going to signal your brain that you're full and you're not going to eat as much. So this idea of when people say, well, I can't eat salad for the rest of my life or I'm never going to be, I need my meat. I'm never going to be full. Well, you need your meat and you need so much meat because you're never getting enough fiber for your brain to say, oh my God, we're full. This is what happened, you guys. So I had this aha moment where I realized, oh my gosh, this is why nobody who eats animal products thinks that they'll ever be full on a plant-based diet. And it's because you're so used to eating so much to feel full. You don't have to eat as much on a plant-based diet to feel full, right? Like we'll have, many times we have the most simplest meals. Like one of our favorites is curried cauliflower over sauteed kale with some nutritional yeast. It's super yummy. And we are so full from that because of all the fiber that's in it. So you'll find that you really do get satiated from a plant-based diet and it lasts for a long time. So I'll put a link up to a graphic or maybe I'll even include it in the blog post that will kind of show you, give you a visual of what I'm talking about. But you will always feel full on a plant-based diet. I can, I can promise you that. Like you're, you will not walk away from the dinner table hungry. On that topic with fiber, we're only getting 15 grams a day. So according to nutritionfacts.org and Dr. Greger, um, 97% of Americans are deficient in fiber and the amount of fiber they need. So we can all use 
a little more fiber in our diets. And I think that's exactly what you're talking about. The meat, dairy, eggs, there is no fiber in there. And so many people are suffering, like suffering from constipation. Like it's a really painful condition and they're suffering from it. And it really is because we're so fiber deficient. So I think what you're going to find on a plant-based diet is like you're going to be super regular and it doesn't take that long. Like you're not going to have to bring a whole library of books into the bathroom. Like it's going to be a lot of times it's like it's a one and done. Like you're out of there, you're on your way to work and you feel super light and you got your green smoothie and you're like ready to own the world. Like you're not walking around in a fiberless body that is literally full of shit. <laughs> right like that's not right. gonna feel good no. i don't want to carry around my crap with me all day yeah. and it's like clockwork i already got morning. enough crap to, to carry around <laughs> we already have enough crap that we carry around you guys in our life so let's not let's not be it be let's not let it be the waste of our food so you will feel full on a plant-based diet all right moving on moving on Okay, let's um, finish this out with an email, actually, that we received from somebody who is switching from a paleo diet to a plant-based diet. And they're in the process of using up some of their old products. Um, They've got some whey protein, Greek yogurt. So they're taking a little bit more of a, um, they don't want to waste it, and they're taking more of a small step kind of approach to it, which is fine. And the problem that they're having is they're having a lot of painful bloating and gas. And this can happen when you switch from a diet like paleo, even though paleo does promote vegetables and things like that, it is going to be a much more fiber full diet when you get rid of the meat and the animal products. The one thing I love about paleo that we really agree on is the no dairy. And that stuff is just nasty stuff. So you want to stay away from that. And that has no fiber in it either. So this person is experiencing a lot of painful bloating and gas. And it's really common that this happens. So do you want to dive into this, BJ? And yeah, so, thoughts as well. Yeah. I, when transitioning from any diet, if you go all in or you make major changes, there is going to be some, you know, things that they've been used to the you know the gut biome has been built around what has been in the body for the past few months years and when you make that change you need to introduce things slowly and i personally have experienced this as well um, mainly because of food combining so when you've combined foods and your gut biome adjusts to it and it starts to say okay this is how things are it's working really nice then you make a change and you're wondering why your stomach is a little upset. So my recommendation is to keep things simple. Again, you know, make minor changes in your diet because you as an individual have a unique makeup that maybe beans don't agree with you when you eat salad or quinoa and mixing uh, grains and vegetables. You know, some things just don't combine well. And I think keep your diet simple. The changes in your diet, you know, change one thing at a time and then start to realize and check in with yourself. What is working for me? What is not working for me? Do I do I feel bloated after I have this meal at a certain time? Maybe it's based on what foods you had in there or the time of day. I think it's really important when you make a change to introduce things slowly because then you can isolate and determine what it is that's affecting your stomach, your body, um, same thing that happens when you when you come off of caffeine, you know, you 
you remove yourself from caffeine and it affects a whole world of things. You may get headaches, you may get, you know, uh, stomach issues and body aches and everything is connected. So changing just one thing at a time and keeping it simple. So reading this food log from, from this person, you know, a few things stick out to me like, you know, an apple with nut butter, um, before a workout, maybe that's just a little too heavy on the body. Like maybe just have a banana and And start there. Apples are a fruit that can cause gas. So a little bit of research on the different vegetables and fruits that are more likely to cause gas and bloating. So yeah, I think for this person, an apple before a workout, before you go out and you're moving your body hard while it's trying to digest. Like So now the blood's trying to go to your muscles, but the blood wants to stay in your digestive system. It's going to go to your muscles and then your digestion's going to be weaker. So watching like an apple, I would say, yeah, banana would be great. And if you need a little extra, like I find banana with almond butter is a little bit easier. Peanut butter is heavier. It's very oily. I would stay away from that if you have a sensitive stomach through this transition. And the dinner too, looking over the dinner, I feel there's a lot of combining and then there's some hot sauce. So the hot sauce can be a trigger for your system to kind of scream out loud. So, you know, if you're going to start eating salads and you're combining 10, 15 vegetables in there, how about just having a salad with carrots and broccoli and then using lemon, squeeze some lemon on top of it and maybe some avocado, like keep things to five and under five ingredients or under to really focus on a few things at a time. And, and as things progress, yeah, you can start to add in more things. I think that's what we've done. Our smoothie bowls have gone to this huge creation of toppings but at first it was just a smoothie bowl with the four ingredients and maybe some, you know, shredded coconut on top. You know, it's important to start small and simple and don't go into combining everything. Although you want to get all these vegetables and, and nutrients into your body, just keep it simple. The way that I hear parents do it a lot with their kids when they're trying to get their kids to eat healthy is like, okay, don't worry about today. I just, I'm concerned with what they're getting in over the spectrum of a week. So if you are experiencing this painful gas and bloating, really take it down. Try an elimination diet where you remove some of um, the likely offenders. So some of the vegetables that are a little bit more prone to causing gas and bloating, like think of the really dense ones, cauliflower, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, you know, the the more water-based like um, celery and... Um, peppers, those are going to be more water-based and um, those might be a little bit easier to digest. So starchy vegetables, you know, start to do some research on what it is actually that is in your food. And of course, this is something that we help our clients with as well. And it's everybody, everybody is different. So let's say you're coming into this or you're a diver in and you're diving in and then all of a sudden you're getting this gas and bloating. Just put the brakes on, simplify everything to an extreme, make sure you're getting in the spectrum over the course of a week, notice which foods are causing um, the bloating and the gas, what you're doing before, what you're doing after, are you asking yourself to do a workout after you eat, how close is that? So really the most digestible things, especially before a workout. Try looking into an elimination diet and also understand that your body is going to adjust to this new diet. 
that it will come back into balance. So I suspect there's some microbiome stuff going on with this person getting rid of the animal products and moving into the plant-based that they're they're in a transition process in their gut biology and keep eating the vegetables and the plants and give your body a chance to adjust. It should adjust over time. And what I always say with triathlon and training is limit the suffering. So there is a vegan supplement called Beanzyme and we'll put a link up and that should help uh, reduce the bloating and the pain that you experience. So keep in touch with us, this person and all people. Let us know how it's going. And um, I'd say just kind of take it down a notch and really pay attention. Yes, it's simple. keep a simple diet. I feel um, in a recent experience, you know, with our smoothie bowls again, you know, I was adding granola. And the granola I found when I removed it, I wasn't feeling the extra bloat, bloatiness in my belly. So for me, I was just being aware of, okay, maybe all these toppings aren't a good combination. So just remove one thing here and there. So best advice is to keep things simple. You know, when you when you have the urge to eat, eat simply. Your Your mind is like, I want all this stuff. I want to put this in. I want to put this in. Try to find the control. <laughs> That's so how your mind works. Totally. <laughs> Pause and just add a few things um, at a time. And you'll come to find out what makes you feel good, what doesn't feel good. And you'll be surprised. The foods that you really love, a lot of, might not be the best option for you. Mm, absolutely. That's great advice. I'm going to put a link up to our uh, Simply Kale salad because that's like literally a one main ingredient and then we use nutritional yeast and stuff. I love that salad. It's super yummy. And if you threw avocado and lemon in there as you're dressing as opposed to using the apple cider vinegar and olive oil, that's like you're getting so much there. It's awesome. So I'll put that up in the show notes. And I think that's it. Those are all the questions that we had. If you were hoping that a question was going to be answered and it didn't get answered, well, send it in. You should have sent it in. So send it in and we can address it on next month's show, Ask the YTs. And I think that's it. So thank you so much for being here, Beej. And I want to remind everyone to get to iTunes and leave your review if you're finding this to be helpful. We only have like a week or so left, not even, in this month. So go ahead, get yourself in the running. I don't know if we've had any reviews left this month yet. So, you know, you could be the one and only lucky winner. And BJ, I've been talking about the UFOs. What do you think of the UFOs? So I, I never, ever thought I would wear flip-flops. And these aren't your typical flip-flops. These are so cush. And I wear them all the time. I don't even think I wear my sneakers to work out. And that's basically it. I own two pairs of shoes now. I own my running shoes and I own UFOs. I don't have anything else. So <laughs> minimizing here in our life, uh, those are the two most important things I have right now. And I wear them out all the time. I wore them last night to dinner, our night out at Candle mm -hmm. 79. Uh, but the UFO shoes are so comfortable, great for recovery. You know, I've been working with a little bit of a um, an arch um, issue on my right foot. But when I when I'm Wearing these UFOs, everything just seems to melt away. So I highly recommend leaving a review so that one person can win those shoes. Yeah, they're super awesome. So thank you so much, you guys, for sending in your questions. 
and keep them coming. Keep sharing the podcast with your friends and family. It's growing every week because of you. You guys are creating the content and we have some amazing guests lined up in the queue. So we'll check in with you next week, you guys. And remember to always, BJ, take us out. Ride that high five.